Welcome. You are listening to SIB Life Church Sermon Audio Podcast. If you would like to know about SIB Life, including our online service time, you can join us online at siblife.my. Good morning, Church. Selamat pagi and welcome home. I am so glad that you can make time to join us this morning. And I believe God is going to speak to us personally in a very special way. Amen. Now, if you have your Bible, just turn with me to Exodus chapter 22. Let's get that ready. During the time of this recording, the numbers of COVID cases have really shot up quite high. And when I look at these numbers from day to day, somehow, sometimes you feel you know, a bit discouraged, right? Maybe a bit of frustrations there, here and there. You know, sometimes you ask, what else can we do? And, and things like that. You know, church, there are many things that are beyond our control. Seriously, many things, right? But there are some things that we can, can do, right? Within our own uh, capacity and capability, such as pray. We can continue to really rely on God, cling on to Him, yield to Him, and of course be responsible, follow the SOP, and really help to uh, cut down the cases. And this morning, I want to speak to us something else that we can also do in the midst of this crisis that's, that's really going on and happening right now. And how else can we really have a better society and uh, really live in an environment where we can really encourage one another and lift each other up, especially in this such huge crisis right now. All right. So let me read from verse 21. Bible says, do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner, for you were foreigners in Egypt. Do not take advantage of a widow or an orphan. If you do and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. My anger, my anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives will become widows and your children fatherless. 25. If you lend money to one of your, my people among you who is needy, do not be like a moneylender. Charge him no interest. If you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, return it to him by sunset, because his cloak is the only covering he has for his body. What else will he sleep in when he cries out to me? I will hear, for I am compassionate. You know, there was a story of a man who went to Alaska and for holiday. You know, Alaska is famous of bears and um, so he shared this uh, experience that he had where he noticed there were a lot of warning signs uh, around when he whether it be in a in a campgrounds the the picnics info centers rest areas and and these warning signs about bears such as advising people not to feed the bears uh, how to avoid bears what to do if a bear sees you, what to do if a bear attacks you, and so on and so forth. And now incidentally, only teddy bears are cute. Probably pull the bear, you know? But bears are, are really, not the real bears, huh? they're quite dangerous, all right? And so, but there's this one particular one that really uh, caught his special attention and, and quite humorous, is that in at this petrol station, uh, in a small town and uh, at the door of this petrol station 
this sign says, warning, if you are being chased by a bear, don't run in here. Can you imagine that? If you are being chased by a bear, don't run in here. I mean, seriously, you know, sometimes, if not often, we do have similar selfish attitude, right? But before we quick to say, not me, pastor, not me. Now, I want you to just notice that the text that we have just read earlier, the law that God gave, he gave it, he commanded it to his own people, the Israelites, including us, his people, not to the unbelievers. And he used very strong words. He said, do not. Very strong command, do not. Now, the question is why? Because God knows our problem. Because he knows that we will. If you don't tell us, do not. And we will probably do it. Because why? We have an issue of selfishness, you know? And that is why this law helped us to deal with such selfishness and learn to really feel and understand the love, the heart of God through this law. And so this morning, I'm going to speak to us a topic about defending the defenseless. Defending the defenseless. Defenseless means people who are not able to defend themselves. Well, God didn't say only when you have the money, only when you have the know-how or the you have the time. There are no such conditions. It's a direct command for all of us who are believers of the Bible that we are commanded to defend those who are defenseless. All right. Uh, you know, I always teach us that when we want to give, you know, not because we have money, then we give. We give because we have a heart like Father God's heart. Therefore, we give. And that is why, notice the text, God's motivation, he says in verse 27, for I am compassionate. What is God's motivation? His compassion. And so we are to have the same compassionate heart like God. And so to defend the defenseless, how do we do that? Well, by showing, first of all, compassion for strangers or foreigners, right? Same, strangers or foreigners. Do not mistreat or oppress a foreigner for you were foreigners in Egypt. In other words, if you do that, if, if, the, peop- if the Israelites do that, they oppress or mistreat the foreigners. What, what God is trying to say is that do not forget that you were once also a foreigner's you were mistreat, being mistreated, you were being oppressed by the wicked Egyptians. If you do the same to the foreigners, to the strangers, you are, you are no different as compared to the wicked Egyptians. That's what God is trying to tell the Israelites. In fact, God further expanded this law in Leviticus 19. He says that in verse 33, when a foreigner resides among you in your land, do not mistreat them. 34, the foreigner residing among you must be treated as your native born. In other words, words, one of your own. Love them as yourself. Wow, look at that. Love them as yourself. For you were foreigners in Egypt. I am the Lord your God. When God says, I am the Lord your God, means he's he's very, very serious in what he's saying to us. All right. And then in Deuteronomy 10 verse 19 says, therefore, love the stranger or love the Foreigners, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You see, didn't Jesus exemplify this with the Good Samaritan story? Remember that? 
where he said, love your neighbors as yourself. Love the strangers, the foreigners as yourself. So Jesus exemplified what was said in Exodus, in Leviticus, in Deuteronomy with the Good Samaritan story. In fact, the evidence if we truly love God, the way how we say it, the way how we claim, the way how we sing it, this is it. Do we love our neighbors? Do we love the strangers? Do we love the foreigners as ourselves? You know, today, if you read the news, the world uh, is being plagued by uh, xenophobia, racism, discrimination, mistreatment of foreign workers or foreigners. And I'm telling you something, Malaysia is not exempted from it, right? And we know that uh, this whole uh, discrimination, racism, it, we are not exempted from that. Let me tell you, this, this whole virus of really oppressing, mistreating people of you know, others, uh, race or, or whatever, you know, it, this whole virus is a million times worse than COVID virus, church. And, you know, sadly, we are becoming more and more advanced in technology, but we don't really make progress in humanity. Don't you think so? And that is why god intentionally specifically gave us this command because why god says you are my people you must be different than the others well yes they oppress you they discriminate you they call you pendatang but hey you must not be like them you must learn to love foreigners strangers people of not the same uh, race uh, than you and that is what God commanded us to do, especially people who come from uh, other countries. You know, I cannot preach this uh, without sharing uh, personal experiences to exemplify it. Now, some years back, I had the privilege of got to know I, I, when I was still working. Uh, I remember I was a consultant in, in IT and I got to know this for a young man, a Nepali, who came to KL uh, kind of like further do some studies at the same time do some programming uh, part-time work to, to earn a living and so uh, so I was doing consulting work for this company and I got to know them uh, so got befriended them and then uh, begin to really care for them uh, even help them to find place to stay uh, better place what I mean uh, more reasonable uh, rental and things like that teach them uh, to improve their English and then they slowly open up and, and open up and, and then I begin to share the gospel with them. And then they believe in Jesus Christ as a savior. And then I begin to disciple them, right? Um, every week, fetch them to church, uh, fetch them to sell, and they begin to grow in the Lord. So later on, they've got opportunities, jobs in the United States, and uh, they moved there. So my point is that, I mean, I had the privilege to care and reach out to these four foreigners. See, God has allowed foreigners to enter into our countries so that we can reach out to them. And I believe in your circle, there may be people like that. You know, the question is, are we taking the opportunity to tell them about Jesus? You know, there was a pastor told a story of a young Japanese student went to us to study and so he befriended a christian and then this believer this christian won this young japanese student uh, for christ believe in jesus 
And so later on, this Japanese young student testified to her friend, and this is what she said. She said, you built a bridge to me through friendship. And then Jesus came walking over that bridge. Wow. Beautiful. Let me read that again. You built a bridge to me through friendship. And then Jesus came walking over that bridge. Our job is to just build a bridge and then present Jesus. Jesus will walk over that bridge to the people. So do not mistreat, do not oppress the foreigner, but on the contrary, we gotta love them, have compassion for them. You know, when Anne and I was in, uh, we were in um, Sarawak for missions, as you know, and Miri was our base. And we have a small, a little place to stay, kind of like a condo we rented. And so we, you know, we travel really, really a lot, like travel like so many hours, just in, out, in, out, in, out. And sometimes you're just so tired after traveling, uh, you kind of like so tired to even, uh, because you gotta prepare for another next traveling again, and uh, to even clean the house, too tired. And so we got to know a uh, Filipino who stayed in Miri, and she basically a part-time helper. She helped people clean houses, and um, she kind of like survived by that, you know? Got jobs, so she got jobs, so she got income. And uh, so we intentionally give her uh, that opportunity, the job. That's what we, we, we did. And so, uh, so of course, we also found out that she's actually a uh, divorcee. Her husband left the family. Her kids and her mother just live in a small hut uh, in Philippines. And uh, so during this whole one and a half year pandemic, very difficult to get jobs. Of course, lockdown, right? No income. And so we found out about this. And so what we did was we just do whatever we can to help her financially. And this is what it means that like really to take care of the foreigners. One of the examples I can share with you, personal experience. There's something we have learned that as long as we have enough to eat, why not we help those who do not have enough what, with whatever uh, extras that we have? You know, and that's something which we hold on to. In fact, we can even also extend compassion to strangers beyond uh, physical boundaries that right now we are like locked down, right? Physical boundaries. Maybe we think that we can't do anything. No, we can. For example, Project Life. Remember all the laptops, 150, they have sent to Capit already. As they have arrived. And so now they're sorting things out. They probably uh, arranged opportunities to distribute to the students. And later on, when, when uh, as time goes, I will give you a little bit more update on that. In fact, as I'm uh, talking about this today, I just received a uh, call connected from, I mean, one of my mentees in Sabah, uh, Lahadatu, and the one I told you about, the students were there, like literally they're just not able to attend classes because there are no any gadgets or laptops. And so, uh, so we're going to do another 30 more for the Sabah people. You know, if you uh, want to get involved, let me know. That'd be great. And also, yeah, strangers to us, we don't know them, you know, and uh, we also during this whole pandemic, we helped uh, pastors, you know, contributed for uh, kampongs in, in Sabah as well, uh, who are in need, and they are all from different denominations, not part of our denomination. So the whole idea, it's not about, it's not about whether it's same denominations or same race or anything. We help strangers, right, but can be beyond boundaries. And 
the latest one, which of course our church is Borneans, right? 90% of us are Anak Sabah Sarawak. Uh, but we have an opportunity to bless our community where our church is around the Aradamansarade Crimson. And I've got to know that there are some people really lost their jobs and they probably need some help as well. And so one of our church members uh, is one of the management uh, committee. So we're going to work together to do, I call it Crimson Food Aid. You know, so we're going to help uh, whatever we can. And so these are all little opportunities we can help a stranger people who we don't know, maybe of a different race as well. And that is what... Uh, God is trying to tell us the heart of God to care and extend, reach out hand for people who are in need. Amen to that? Amen. All right. Now, how do we defend the defenseless? Second way is by showing compassion for the weak and the vulnerables. Verse 22, do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. Now, you know why, church? Because the widow and the fatherless, they were the weakest and probably the most vulnerable people of society back then, even probably today as well. And there are the people whom they are probably easily being taken advantage of. Not just to help them because they're helpless, but you see, the whole family unit is a something essential, basic, that God has ordained for the protection of, of children. So God expected his people to care for the fatherless, for the widows, because everyone needs a family, right? Everyone needs to be connected. Everyone needs to be protected. And, and that is why one of the reasons why I'm so passionate in, in doing whatever ministry in our church is because you come all the way, many of you, most of you, all right, from Sabah Sarawak, you're here away from your family. And I always say that we are your family. In SIB life, we are your family, all right? We are your father, we are your mothers, all right? And so, you know, personally, ever since I was a baby, um, I became a fatherless child. Many of you know that. My father abandoned the family. My mom and three of us siblings. I was the youngest. I was just a four-month-old baby. And, uh, and I know how it feels to be fatherless. And when I read verses like this, I can understand the Father Heart of God. Some of you know that I have founded a, an NGO. And one of those things we've been doing for years in the NGO is to uh, work with a certain uh, rumah kanak-kanak, uh, orphanages, we call it rumah kanak-kanak in Malaysia. And um, we really partner them, work very closely, help them assist whatever that's possible for the betterment of the home, the children there, you know, um, we serve relentlessly, uh, very committed, even in the RKK. And um, in fact, I'm, I'm a lembaga as well of, of the RKK. That's a privilege for me. I feel that. Uh, thank God for that. And one of those things that, you know, really touched my heart a lot when I visit a home. These kids will, will come running towards me and they will just climb on me and all. And then they will call, aya, 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 means daddy, 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 you know. So every time I do that, right? I can feel the Father Heart of God. I can really, really feel the Father Heart of God uh, for these fatherless children. In fact, God says in Psalm 82, uh, verse 3 to 4, defend the weak and the fatherless. This is a command from God. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy 
deliver them from the hand of the wicked. Listen to the word of God. Wow, God is a command. By the way, it's not even a suggestion. It's a command. God says, defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. In other words, those people who take advantage or even oppress the weak and the vulnerable, God consider them as wicked. Wow, that's how serious it is. In Exodus 22 that we read earlier, in verse 22, in fact, the word Bible says that do not take advantage or do not afflict, as another uh, translation says. The word in the Hebrew is ana. And uh, that word means to oppress, to look down, to put down, you know, to force, to cause trouble. And yeah, that, that's the, the meaning of that word. It's the same word that is being used to describe the harsh treatment of the past master in Egypt, what they did towards the Israelites in Exodus chapter 1, when they were really uh, forcing them and uh, putting down, them down and oppressing them uh, to work. And of course, we, why, we ask why, why did the taskmaster uh, did that to the Israelites? Well, because they could. Because they could. You know, church, the richer and the more powerful we are, the higher the tendency, we want to control others. Seriously, it doesn't matter what religion you are in, the danger, the tendency is a danger. I'm not saying everybody's like that, but it's a danger. The richer and more powerful we are, the higher the tendency we want to control others. I mean, that's exactly what God despises. You know, at the moment right now, I'm handling a case. There's a group of rich people in the name of helping the poor financially. But they mistreated them. They looked down on these poor people. They put them down. They abused them with condescending words just because they give money to them. And so they think that just because they give money, they can do anything they think is right, but do not care about the feelings of the weak and the poor. Sad, right? See, we are called to defend not just financial needs, but their dignity. But here we are with power and money. We despise them. We devalue them in a way how we condescend them, how we honor them. You know, I, I want to say something here, church, yet, and reminding ourselves, reminding myself and our church and all of us, do not use the weak and the poor people to gain glory for ourselves. And that is why this law reminds us to beware because God knows by nature we take advantage of the weak. Psalm 68 verse 5 God is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows. In other words, in the very core of Father God's heart is for the weak and the vulnerables. How we treat the weak how we treat the vulnerables is evidence of whether or not we truly know the heart of our Father God. Yeah. You know, James chapter 1 verse 27 says this, Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. 
Now, usually we, we look only on part two of this verse. And as long as I don't sin, as long as I'm not polluted by the world, well, I'm fine. I'm going to heaven. But I want you to pay attention to this. Don't just take the second part and neglect the first part. It says religion that God our Father, God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this to look after orphans and widows in a distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. You see, the word religion. Of course, we thought maybe any other religion, but we just pay attention to this. James, this letter was written to the Christians, to you and to me. So pay attention. That word religion is traskea. Traskea means religious worship, religious discipline. In other words, worship or religious discipline of Christians, us, that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress. In other words, we can sing all we want, we can preach all we want, we can dance all we want, we can jump all we want, Father God accepts our worship only when we look after orphans and widows in their distress and not just not being polluted by the world. James using very, very strong words in this uh, passage here, this text here. So strong, so unapologetic, as if he was making a definitive definition of what is considered as worship that is acceptable to God our Father. So strong. In fact, I can feel that he's echoing Exodus 22. Remember? Let's look at what we read earlier, Exodus 22. Verse 22, do not take advantage of the widow or the fabulous. 23, if you do, God says, and they cried out to me, God says, I will certainly hear their cry. Look at that. God says, I am going, certainly, I will surely hear their cry. But the scary part is verse 24. It says, my anger will be aroused and I will kill you with the sword. Your wives will become widows and your children fatherless. Such strong words from God. Can you imagine that? God says, I will kill you with the sword. In other words, he himself will do that. And he will make you become, your wives become uh, widows and children become fatherless. Why, why, why God such so strong? In other words, God is very, very serious about this. His people who oppress, who mistreat the weak and the vulnerable, God called them what? Wicked. It's in the Bible. You see, very few things that can make God so angry that he says he will kill us by himself with a sword. So do you really have any idea how serious God is when it comes to this? It's no joke, friends. You know, Anne and I, so we, we've, we are learning. We make it a lifestyle to try our best to care for the fatherless, the widows, the best of what we can that God has entrusted to us. And um, we're still learning, but something I just feel, you know, I'm, I'm fatherless and is uh, orphaned too. Her dad and mom is no longer around. So, but God says we should learn from Father Heart, I mean, God, our Father God, how to extend His heart, His compassion to people who are weak and vulnerable in this category. You know, sometimes people thought that because I'm a Christian, so God will love me. You know, let me tell you something. God pays special attention to people who cares for widows and the fatherless. For example, in Acts chapter 10, 
Cornelius was the first Gentile who believed in Christ Jesus. But this Gentile, this first Gentile Cornelius, it's God is the one who chose him. Remember, he sent Peter to go to this Gentile because at that time, for the Jews, Gentiles are all, you know, um, unclean. But God purposely sent Peter, the leader of the whole disciples group, and to reach out to Cornelius, a Gentile, and God picked Cornelius. And why? Let's look at what, you know, a little bit of what God says about Cornelius here. He says, Cornelius gave generously to those in need. Look at that. And then God sent an angel to meet Cornelius. You can read that in Acts chapter 10. And this is the angel. What did the angel say? Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Wow! Can you imagine that? A Gentile, someone who has not believed in Christ, he prayed, yes, he prayed to God, but he's not really praying to Christ at the time. And But he prayed, he called upon God, the Creator God, and the best part is he, his gifts to the poor has come up to God, has a memorial offering, in other words, has a worship before God, and God pay attention to what he did. In other words, if God gave such, such a attention to a non-believer, what more when you and I, as the people of God, we pray, as the people of God, we give to the needy. Wow, imagine how much attention that God will give you and I. What more, church, when you and I, as the people of God, we do as the Lord commanded us to do to have compassion for the weak and the vulnerable, the orphans, the fatherless, and the widows. Especially during this period of crisis, there are many around us who, it's, who really need just sometimes a meal, sometimes a prayer, sometimes um, a loving touch. And God wants you and I to do that. Amen? And lastly, how do we defend the defenseless? By showing compassion for the poor. Verse 25, if you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest, the Lord says. Now, when somebody needs to borrow money because he's in need, he's, because he's poor. Now, this is not talking about commercial loans like you, you borrow for to buy a car, to buy a house. This is because he was in desperate situation. He was so poor, he needed money to buy food for his children, for his family. So he borrowed money from you. And the, God says that don't make this, you know, take advantage of it, you know, and, and, and even gain more from these poor people. That's God's command. Compassion for the poor, friends. You see, the root word for interest here means to bite and it resembles the bite of a snake snakes bites are small bites a snake can just bite you on your foot probably initially you may not feel the pain not much but slowly it swells and then the poisons will just permeate the whole body that's what this word means you see, we may not be charging interest or um, biting in monetary, but sometimes, to be very careful, church, we may be biting their dignity away. We rob them 
of the dignity. We rob the poor people of their dignity by honor. We oppress, you know, look down on them, put them down, force them, trouble them. And that's why we have to be very, very careful. See, church, if God treats lending money with such serious command, think about how much more serious it is when it comes to we are supposed to even give to the needy in charity, right? And then it goes on to say in verse 26, if you take your neighbor's cloak as a pledge, means like gadai, you know, I, I lend you money, I take your cloak as a pledge. Bible says, God says, commanded in the law, return it by sunset. In the morning you take sunset, you must return. Because that cloak is the only covering your neighbor has, what else can they sleep in when they cried out to me, I will hear for I am compassionate. You know, in other words, God is saying that, no, you, you, yeah, you lend people money, but don't take anything for any security or anything. I mean, if you want to take even a pledge, return it. The whole idea is that you always put them, remember I preached on the sermon, value others above yourself, even when it comes to taking care of the poor. I show you, I shared with you before, like, I mean, SIB Live, we have a fund called Life Fund. And uh, the purpose of Life Fund is we give allowances for students who really come from uh, families who they can't afford. They need to eat, of course, you know, allowances. So we will help them from this Life Fund. It's a tabung, right? Life Fund. And uh, where donors just donate. And some of you donated as well. Thank you to Life Fund. So we help. Uh, to give allowance for students because if not they probably will get allowance from the wrong people and ended up into the wrong side right you should know what i mean and uh, we subsidize their rental uh, we give big subsidy for their rental because you know rental in kl is expensive and so you no know, during this pandemic since last year the first thing we did when march lockdown happens uh, one of those things we always ask our students, you know, are you doing okay financially? Do you need help and things like that? All the students, not just those uh, we help in Life Fund. And uh, so, and then we found out some of them, their parents uh, lost income, you know, are financially challenged. And immediately we tell them we will increase the subsidy. Even more, we subsidize. And some literally, they just lost income. They, they can't help it, you know. So, and so we said, never mind, you don't have to pay for a certain uh, amount of time until your financial uh, lead, you're okay. And so, what well, my point, you know, it kind of like, because it's compassion for the poor, go the extra mile, you know, and uh, yeah, you know, if you can, we help whatever we can to relieve uh, people in a situation. That's the spirit, compassion for the poor. I've started just, uh, God gave me this idea, this burden to start something called Life School. And I understand that parents who work from home and, uh, and the children also PDPR, study from home is very challenging, don't know how. And some of you, uh, even um, you have people who are single parent and don't really, really difficult, don't know how to do that. And so when we have also people whom probably uh, they, are, they don't have much income because of economic issue, students you know, uh, that need some income you know so I created this idea where we recruit you know our people who need this income they become a tutor and so we and the church will 
subsidized really you know, a lot and so that they can get some income and we subsidize the parents as well and some who really can't afford because really uh, they are, don't have much in income we pay for that uh, tuition fee for our people so we help both we help those who need income we help those whom really need help to teach the children and so and that's how some simple ways we can really show compassion for the poor and uh, I hope we can do more and my dream is we can do this whole life school for our uh, community uh, including East Malaysia if we can because now we, we do online entirely is online you know so one of those verses in the Bible that I hold on to a lot I've learned a lot is Proverbs 19 verse 17 they say whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed amen wow when you are generous to the poor, we actually lend. Can you imagine God borrows from you? you know? God, when you give to the poor, you lend to God actually borrow it from you. And then when God pays you back, wow, can you imagine how much God will pay you back? And that is the Father heart of God. Amen? Amen? Come, let's pray. Let us pray. And can I encourage you uh, really to ask God to shape your heart, church? You know, during this whole um, fasting period, save up your fasting. You don't eat the food. Learn to save up. Because the Bible teaches in Matthew 6, remember? You give, you pray, you fast. You don't just pray and fast. You must give to the poor. That give is give to the poor. So, can I encourage you? Really make it, you know? May this word of God encourage us to, to have the Father heart of God, you know? And, and, and have that compassion defend the defenseless and so save it up and we'll give the poor and ask God to give it a compassionate heart you know now it's not a time to be selfish it's not a time to only think about yourself and uh, learn to think about others and learn to reach out to strangers perhaps or your colleagues or people around you the fatherless the poor you know ask God to open your eyes to see there are people who are in need around you. But you say, Pastor, I also in need. But hey, as long as you have enough to eat, you are not considered in need, you know? So, and perhaps learn to stand up and fight and defend those who are weak and vulnerable. Even if those you are fighting against are so-called Christians, but they use money to gain glory in the expense of the dignity of the poor. Stand up and fight for the dignity of the poor people. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. God, I just want to pray right now, even as your people responding to you, that, Lord, we will be not just... Lord, we want to learn to obey your laws. Not just look at the laws and laws, but in obedience to the law, we are actually living like Christ to defend the defenseless, to have the compassionate heart of Father God that we can really have a compassion for strangers, foreigners. We have compassion for the weak and vulnerable and also the poor and the fatherless and the widows. So that, Lord, especially during this season, help us, Lord, not to be selfish, but help us to really have a heart like Father God. Learn to extend a hand to help. And there will be another soul probably who need to know Jesus, to hear the gospel and Lord, let this be a time opportunity even we can extend like um, to pray for them to ask them you need a prayer I, I will pray for you for these 40 days I will, 
and reach out to them. And I believe, God, you will open doors for us to extend the compassionate heart of God for people. Hallelujah. So I want to speak that over the church today, even as a responding church. I know you're responding. You raise, raise your hand to God, surrender your life to God, and ask God to do a deep work in your heart and so that He will change it so that you can really learn to love like how Jesus loves people. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Lord to love like you love to live like you live to even think like you think Lord and to have the eyes of Christ to see people the same way you see them Lord and so if there are any selfishness in us Lord, we pray today you strip it off and give us a compassionate heart like Father God this is more than just a law in Exodus 22. This is love. This is how God, you show your love by making sure your people will obey and abide to what is of your heart. 
to put action into what is truly of your heart for the people. So truly God, may your church, may your people, may all of us, Lord, every day of our lives, we can be, Lord, an extension of your love to somebody around us, somebody in need. So we thank you, Lord, for this word of God. And I know that you have spoken to us so clearly. And so I'm going to just speak a special blessing for all of you, church. I want to just ask that the Lord will just shower His grace, abundant grace upon you and His protection. Though the storms may still be out there, but we are safe as long as we live in the same boat with Jesus. The peace that He gives, not like the world, because this peace comes from the throne room of God. So I want to just release that over to you right now. The shalom of God has a shower upon you and your family and your career that He will provide every need, supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. Amen. If you believe it, receive it. If you receive it, say thank you, Jesus. And say thank you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Everybody love Jesus, say Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord a big praise one more time for He is good. Amen. Thank you, church, for joining us this morning. I hope you have been blessed by our service, by our worship, by the Word of God. And yes, continue to live like Christ, to love like Christ, learn to defend the defenseless and the compassionate heart of God and go out there and love people. Come on, church, love people, especially for such a time as this. Amen. And so, do not forget, join us for our We Pray on Wednesday night, 8.30, and Saturday is 8 a.m. for this 40s Fast and Prayer special, right? 8 a.m., we have moved from 9 to 8 a.m. for this Saturday. And don't forget, still worship, 8 o'clock, and it's beautiful. Every Sunday morning, we just worship God for one hour before our 9 o'clock service. Can I encourage you to join us? Make time. So thank you so much once again for joining us. Have a great week. Love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to live podcast we hope that you will be challenged by this message and you will share it with your friends family member and co-worker we hope you have a great day god bless you